Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Minutes with Mute. Scott Mutrin from the BC Learfield IMG Radio Network joins me. So happy to have him on board. I'm Mike Galtieri, and this is presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. Well, folks, BC fans across the country and around the world, the Eagles are 2-0, 24-21 victories over the Texas State Bobcats. And Scott, you know, we were talking a little earlier, this is a little bit more difficult than we thought it might have been uh, going into the game. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, with BC, I think it was a 17.5-point favorite going into it, and, uh, you know, didn't start out as smoothly as they would like. Texas State has some pretty good athletes on, on the offensive side of the ball, and they were able to, to make some plays and get out to 21-7 lead, which uh, had a lot of people, you know, towards the end of the third quarter wondering what exactly was going on. So, luckily, they were able to make through it. Yeah, you know, and I to just look at it from the macro level, I thought it was pretty impressive how uh, – BC scored at the end, and then to tie it up, and then uh, there were some penalties by Texas State, but you give them credit. Instead of just playing for overtime, BC, I thought, was very aggressive and uh, drove right down the field and made that uh, field goal. Nice conversion. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one thing you, you learned about Jeff Halfley is, uh, you know, he's not afraid to, to send pressure on defense to try to create some plays, but he's not afraid to let his offense go and try to make some plays. And I think most of all... Uh, I'm a big proponent of, I think you learn a lot about your quarterback and how they perform in those pressure situations. You run in the two-minute drill at the end of the half and at the end of the game, and uh, Soldier Kovic kind of did a textbook job of that. You could say leading up to those last couple of drives, it was not the prettiest of performances, but when they needed him most, uh, he, he was 11 for 14 on those last two drives and was able to get 10 points out of that, and, and, and that's something that I think you can build on. I think he's going to continue to get better. There's going to be some, some times when he doesn't make um, every single play, but I think that's part of the maturation process and getting more and more comfortable with just being out there. Yeah, Djokovic, 26-38, 210 yards, one TD, one pick. Also uh, had, you know, I think rushing yeah, he had uh, eight carries for 37 yards as well. So, and just to go a little in depth on that, I always like to get your perspective as a former QB. Do you, you mentioned it earlier? Do you like where he's going and his progression? And do you think he's, you know, the season long answer for the Eagles? I mean, he's definitely the answer. And it's just evidenced by just some of the throws that he can make out there athletically. He's also a legitimate threat running the football, uh, which has another dynamic to his game. The one thing you notice most about him is he has a lot of poise and he has some leadership. Like the guys, guys respond to him and they 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 flock to him. And you know those last two drives. The one thing that you notice is that um, you know everyone when they get in that situation, they're worried. Oh, we got to get points. We got to hurry. We got to hurry. And they try to either you know push the ball down the field and make some you know lower percentage throws because they think that they need to score quickly. And the one thing that Phil did a great job of was. He took what the defense gave them, um, threw some underneath stuff, stretched them a little bit, was able to throw some balls out the numbers, which helps. But when you're able to, to do that and just stay patient and then take your shots when you get them, like that's a shot side of maturation. 
Now he's just got to be able to kind of string it together for a full game effort. But when you see it in those big time moments, it's it's not always about being great all the time. It's being great when you need to be. And when you can step up and do that, that, that really says a lot about the, the character of him as a quarterback and his ability and his, his confidence. And then, of course, the receiving side. How about Hunter Long really emerged? He came on strong last year, especially I remember the bowl game. But uh, tight end, nine reception, 81 yards, nice TD as well. Just how, how do you like him out of the gate after two games? Yeah, he's, he's a weapon. I mean, the, the, the old staff said a lot about him and that he was special to watch. And, and they, they were right. Uh, he's, he's been great. And he has done everything that you could uh, you kind of expect it from that position. He's a third down receiver. He's a vertical threat down the field. Um, he is able, he's a good route runner and he's got strong hands. And he's also a big target. So you combine all those things. That's really a difference maker when you're down, um, when you're down in the, in the field to have that guy to be able to, to cover all those things. And as a quarterback, that's, that's something you can really rely on a guy that can get open when you need to, especially in those big moments. And I think that, uh, he, he's a special guy that's only going to continue to get better. His run after the catch is pretty impressive as well. Uh, He's got strong hands, and, and if you kind of rewind and watch the um, the game tying touchdown, the route he runs right there is just it was textbook. He set up the, the the safety like he was going to the corner route. He gave a nice shoulder, you know, shake to move it to move him, and then the guy tried to hold him, and he was strong enough to get through there, and he's wide open now. Most people on TV just see the end result, but if you watch the play from the beginning, and kind of spotlight on him. It's, it really shows his. Uh, technician uh, qualities of being able to do that and, and you make your quarterback a lot better when you can create that kind of space with how you run routes so um, that's an impressive look and it's you know it's good to see that tight end position really starting to be featured again which was once such a um, you know a, a treasured position at, at Boston College and always highly regarded because of the tight ends that they've had at the program and the ones that played in the NFL. Yeah, no question about it. Isaiah McDuffie on the defensive side. Scott shifting over, nine tackles, three assists. Elijah Jones, Max Roberts, Max Richardson also up there. Just your thoughts on the defensive performance. Obviously rough, uh, but I feel like they really settled down, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think they struggled with Texas State's speed on the perimeter. Texas State was doing a good job uh, using some misdirection, some motion, and some gimmick stuff to create. Uh, some confusion to be where they were on their heels at times, and then in the perimeter they would they try to get some space and and separate guys where they can go one on one with the secondary, and, and they were able to, to get some good some good plays doing that. But I think you really look at that defense, and you really I think it kind of starts with Isaiah McDuffie. He's such a difference maker. He had twelve tackles, a couple tackles for loss, and a big sack. Um, I think in the second to last drive, and then a couple quarterback pressures. He's just a very instinctive, smart player, very athletic, and he just he made a couple big plays down the stretch when that defense really needed them because um, they needed a couple stops on third down. I believe uh, Texas State was at one point six for nine on third down, and DC was able to get a couple stops late in the game, which allowed them to uh, get the ball back and, and, and get those ten points. Then also special teams. I thought they played pretty well. Obviously, kicking was good. Uh, what did you, did you think about on the punt defense and punt coverage overall special teams? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. 
CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. I would say the most impressive thing in the special teams was Travis Levy's ability to, to you know, field punts, and he took a couple big walks at the end. Like, he got, you know, two. One was called targeting. They were both called targeting. One was upheld. One was, was turned over. Yes. But he took some serious shots, but he was able to hold on to the ball, change and create field position. And that's the one thing that, that you saw that that's, you know, great leadership uh, and toughness. He was able to do that, sacrifice himself and his body for the team. Uh, Aaron Blumeri came in and, and you know drilled that game-ending field goal. It's nice. It's nice to see that happen. Uh, you know they put, he was put in a great position and the kick was true. And they tried to ice him with three timeouts, and he was still able to keep his concentration and, and his process and and do really well. So I was I was encouraged by that. Uh, Brent Carlson did a good job punting the ball a couple times, and he had a um, you know just leading up to the last drive, he was able to. to change kind of field position and, and, and put them deep and enable BC to, to get good field position on the other end when the defense stopped them. So that, that's a good sign for, for uh, BC to have all three phases kind of uh, cooking. And then now let's shift gears, Scott. Uh, last couple of minutes we have BC 2-0 facing off against North Carolina. Uh, they're ranked, I believe, 12 in the nation. They're 1-0. Nice win over Syracuse. Uh, I guess my first question to you is: Is is you know is UNC for real? I was you know are they? What can we expect as uh, BC? By the way, three thirty on ABC. Nice to see BC back on ABC um, in that re- that lineup. But uh, should be an exciting game at the Heights on Saturday. Well, yeah. Well, everyone has been talking about North Carolina is making that next step since Mac Brown got there. And um, how about the last ten years <laughs> of UNC? I think Mac Brown, you got to, no matter what he does this year, a heck of a coach. I always go back to that Vince Young era, special, special time in Texas. 
And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Mac Brown was at UNC in the 90s, and he's come full circle now here 20, 25 years later uh, back in Chapel Hill. Yeah, funny how that works, isn't it? It's funny how that it comes all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> so it also, too... Full circle of life. Yes. Yeah, John is smiling. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Scott, let us know. Let the listeners know. What was Alumni Stadium like on the inside? You were in the stands as well. You were on the few people in the stands. Just give us a take what it was stand. like. I'm really the only person in the stands minus a couple cardboard cutouts cameraman uh, <laughs> it feels like you're watching a practice or a scrimmage though let's yeah. be honest it's, that's, uh, that's what it is they, they pump in some sound which gives it a little more effect but it, it's really unique situation to be able to uh, you know at one point I ran the concourse from one side of the stadium to the other to get to the other end zone at the a quarter change and it's just kind of it's something that you'd never be able to do yeah. in, real, in, in real times and the fact that it happened then is just uh, it was just a, a, a surreal experience so you know you're happy that you, you kind of you lose some of that home field advantage when you don't have the crowd into it but uh, it's it's one of those things that everyone's adapting to it and and they have to just find a way to, to focus on the game and create their own energy from the inside you also lose some traffic right getting off campus probably made it a nice easy commute yeah, that's, the, that's the one good thing getting in and getting out is much easier there's not a lot of people waiting uh, to, to to get out i'm not stuck in traffic not you know, no one's yelling at me about what, what plays are being called or not being called so that's actually refreshing but uh, yeah it's definitely on the it's easy on the traffic guys and what just to let the fans i'm sure what was the tailgate the lack of tailgate scene like was it weird just like on campus with no tailgates well, it's weird walking into the stadium and everyone's warming up and you can hear the music going, but then you're looking, you know, right where the Plex used to be is a nice, you know, big lawn right now. There's yeah. some kids out there tossing the football around or sitting on a blanket and you're like, this is usually a prime tailgate spot. And you see everyone just looking like it's a Tuesday school day. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird. <laughs> That's the world we're in. All right, Scott, what was the... Yeah, first... it, is. it sure is. Give me the pregame meal last week and what can we expect for you? Or give me the post game, you know, excuse me. What can we expect going on this weekend at the Heights, the the food scene with you? Um, what did I do post game? <laughs> uh, so I came home. You know, I I got home late because by the time we finished the post game show and everything, I there was some leftover homemade cold pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really underwhelmed on that. It was really good. My wife makes pizza with the kids, and it was it was good. It was it hit the spot, but I hadn't. Uh, Wegmans, you know, had some food in the booth uh, for us during the game. I did not uh, partake in that because uh, I had eaten a while before, and I was uh, I, had a, I was a, a sponsor for uh, a neighbor's confirmation, so I uh, wow. went out for lunch. So I wasn't really hungry when I got to the game. So I had to have that whole meal with, until uh, until after the game, and I was able to come home and, and get some some leftover pizza. What a Saturday for you! You go to church confirmation. Uh, sponsor, and then a BC Eagles win. What a that's a nice Saturday for you, huh? Covered all the bases. Oh, well, yeah. I also had um, you know two uh, two hockey games before then as well. So it was it was <laughs> that was fun to do. So my weekend was spent doing that. And as soon as I got home, I got to go to form three hockey games and a basketball practice the next day. So it was a it was a busy weekend at the Mutrin household. The, the pandemic is not slowing down the Mutrins. No doubt about it. Um, 
gotta enjoy it right they're not gonna be there forever so that's great yeah it's a good opportunity for you all right scott well thanks a lot for joining us bc looks to go three and oh a nice saturday game you know a 330 abc geez man this is a tough one for fans to they want to be there and not stay home this is a prime time you you love those games as a fan is what i'm trying to say even though it's on the, uh, I believe it's on the ACC network, and if everyone doesn't have, hasn't talked to their local cable provider, they can do that. But if not, get your satellite radio, turn on 93.7, the Red Sox are done playing, so you can listen to Peter Cronin and I uh, on the air, having some fun and, and enjoying the game and being, you know, the voice of the Eagles. So hopefully, if people are out doing some some yard work or um, you know enjoying a ride in the car. Tune in and uh, give a listen. If you don't have it on your TV, we'll be there and hopefully uh, giving you guys a, a taste of what it's like at Alumni Stadium. Will do. We always do, Scott. No doubt. Just a small correction, though, Scott. It's on ABC this weekend, Saturday. So most oh, people. Sorry, you know what? I was talking about the, the next week's game. Yeah. That's for some reason I thought it was on there. Well, you know what, anyways? If you don't feel like listening to Chess Tour and, uh, and Greg McElroy call the game, then you can just come on and uh, turn it over to 93 7. There you go. Or put, have a put the volume down on the TV and listen to you. For the radio there you go. Hey, well, Scott Mutra, thank you again for joining us. And hopefully BC's 3-0 after the weekend. Hope so, Mike. Hope so. There you go. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.